Next on BYUSN, the biggest thing we learned from BYU spring football as we head officially into the long off season. And I go one-on-one with both the offensive and defensive coordinators to put a bow on spring ball. That's how you do that. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, April 17th. Happy Tax Day, everyone. I I totally got that done early. Alongside a man who has absolutely secured his offshore accounts, Jerem Jordan. Uh, (laughs) Offshore accounts? (laughs) I just have, like, an account. Yeah, totally got that done early. I finished Thursday. So we're, we are good to go. Uh, okay, on the, today's show, the end of spring football conversations, as I mentioned with Aaron Roderick and Jay Hill, I chatted with them Friday after practice. What's needed from the transfer portal, and what is Power 5 ready right now from the defense? Jay Hill answers that. Uh, men's volleyball gets it done. Men's rugby continues in the playoffs. Ashley Hatch scores. Connor Mance, incredible performance moments ago, finishing at the Boston Marathon. We'll give you the deets. Uh, and the latest from Beantown, but here are today's headlines. Beginning with the final day of BYU spring football. Mission complete. Jay Hill, offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, those guys ready to rock. In fact, here is offensive coordinator, the OG Arad, on the physicality involved in this year's edition of spring football. Good spring. <laughs> we have a long way to go. We gotta get a lot better, but we made some good progress too. A lot of development from some young guys and um, for the most part, we stayed healthy. We had very, we were, this is the most physical spring we've had since I've been here and we had very few injuries. That's always good news. Few injuries for the win. Transfer portal's open. Quarterback George Udo and linebacker Logan Peely have announced they are in the transfer portal. BYU men's volleyball finishing, you betcha, with an undefeated season at home for just the third time ever that included Two wins over Stanford and four sets on Friday and a sweep on Saturday against the Cardinal. BYU now clinches the number two seed in the approaching MPSF tournament. It starts on Wednesday. BYU will face number seven seed Concordia Irvine. What a what a weekend from BYU, which was awesome. Baseball beat Santa Clara 13-8 Friday, thanks to homers from Austin Deming, Cole Gamble, and Ryan Speedy. Then won 5-4 Saturday to take the series. Cougars tied for sixth in the WCC currently at 7-8. The top six make the WCC tournament. 18 games left overall, 12 in league. BYU softball beats LMU on Saturday 5-2 to avoid a series sweep in Los Angeles. Huge series. Now BYU needs LMU to lose a couple of times. Haley Morrow with the game-winning home run on Saturday had three runs batted in. BYU hosts fifth-ranked Stanford today at Miller Park. 3 Eastern live on the BYU TV app. Huge game. Let's go. CBS Sports' John Rothstein reports BYU men's basketball will host Morgan State in non-conference play. Track and field news. The number two ranked men's team at the Beach Invitational with Dallin Schertz finishing first in the discus with a throw of 59.45 meters. Danny Bryan had his season best of 18.22 meters to take fifth in the shot put. Claire Seymour for the women. Finished third in the 800 meters with a school record of two minutes and 400. She was flying. Mm. Sierra Tidwell-Alfin took fourth in the high jump, clearing 1.88 meters, making her number two all-time at BYU. The 800 record here is significant because there have been some amazing uh, runners in the 800 here. Ashley Hatch made a penalty kick for the Washington Spirit Saturday against the North Carolina Courage old team in a 2-1 win. 
We just talked about Connor Mance running the Boston Marathon today. He just finished. He placed 11th overall with a time of 2 hours, 10 minutes, and 25 seconds. He was third among all Americans involved. That's pretty awesome. And uh, Nico Montanez uh, and Connor Weaver, also BYU guys in the top 11 among Americans. So well done by the BYU guys in the Boston Marathon. Awesome. Troy Warner led the Memphis Showboats in tackles with seven in a 27-23 loss against the Philly Stars. Corbin Kafusi also played for the Showboats. And uh, what a name, by the way. And uh, Diane Lake had two tackles for the Houston Gamblers in a 21-13 loss to the Michigan Panthers. Michael Rucker pitching for Dave McCann, Chicago Cubs, pitched one scoreless inning and had a strikeout on Sunday. He continues to perform well. And men's rugby beat number three Central Washington 62-31 in the quarterfinals on the road of the D1A playoff Saturday. What a win. The Cougars play at Cal Saturday in the semifinals. Huge game. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. It was a physical camp. Still have a long ways to go, but I like the direction we're headed. But the competition level has been through the roof. Got to be able to play on, on all sides of the ball. The 2023 version of BYU Spring Football now in the books. It is officially the offseason as the Cougars push toward year number one of Big 12 Conference play. Jerem, what did we learn this go around from BYU Spring Football? We're going to play a number of sots for you as we push forward. But Those are sound bites. Yeah. What did you learn from BYU Spring Football? Not a whole lot. Uh, normally spring is pretty uh, uneventful. Uh, if there's an unknown with the quarterback, we figure out maybe who the starter is. That, that much is pretty clear with Keaton Slovis. Um, BYU needs more dudes at, at wide receiver and linebacker. Um, that was sort of reinforced. Probably a kicker. Uh, they finished practice Friday with the whole team gathering around the kickers who were attempting field goals, and it was kind of windy, and nobody made one for a long time. Um, I don't know if they felt like they needed a kicker before, but maybe after. Um, I know those guys are working hard, but I would like a guy that BYU feels comfortable with at 45 to 50, and obviously you'd love to get to 55 and, and uh, make some field goals there. Defense still needs some reinforcements. Offensive line certainly – uh, could be good. Yeah. Aaron Roderick kind of pushing that storyline. But uh, obviously the quarterback is always the conversation there of, of okay, Keaton Slovis is the guy. We felt like he was QB1 for sure, but Aaron Roderick told the media as much after. Listen to this. Keaton is our starter, and I want to make, I want to make that clear that he's clearly, uh, you know, we put him in position to earn that job, and he's lived up to what we expected up to this point. And so he'll go into fall camp as our starting quarterback and is – long as he continues to do what, what I expect him to do, I, I expect that he'll be our starting quarterback in the first game. And then um, uh, Retzloff and Cade Fennigan are battling for that number two spot, and they've, they've both had some good days, um, and, and I expect that battle to continue into the camp. So not news. This is not news. Right, uh, but just reinforcing it, and I, uh, you're going to hear my conversation with Aaron, and we walked through all the offensive position groups, kind of talked about some of the questions there, but... Yeah, good that Keaton took to the offense well, that his teammates have embraced him, that he's embraced the team and the playbook, and he still has work to do, yeah. um, but he is on or ahead of schedule, according to Aaron Ryder. Even before A-Rod said, he's clearly our number one. We all suspected that. But what I did learn about Keaton Slovis is the fact that it didn't take him a very long time to step in and demand the respect and 
the, uh, he earned the credibility early on. In fact, I spoke with Hinkley Rapati after a practice recently, and he kind of you know, spoke about just how the experience when he realized, oh, yeah, Keaton Slovis, he, he is our leader. Listen to this. Um, no, he's a leader. Um, you can, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've, that I've seen from him. Um, he, he, he definitely takes control of the offense, and he makes you feel confident on the field, and that's one thing that you want from a QB. I remember one time we were running, I think it was like a, a four-minute drill, and obviously in four-minute drill we have to manage the clock, and everybody's trying to manage the clock. I remember he just pulled together, like, hey, just do your job and let me manage the clock. And I, and I don't know, that, that right there was like just, just seeing him take control of the offense, you know, especially just being new to the offense and being able to take it upon himself to learn it in depth and things like that. Yeah, it, it's, been, it's, been, it's been really fun to play this alongside with him and really kind of, you know, see that, that leadership firsthand. Oh, everybody within the BYU football program has high expectations for Keaton Slovis. But then to see it manifest itself that way, and we've heard another thing that we have learned from the staff is it took him like three days to be a part of the team. Kalani has said it, A-Rod has said it, all the guys have said it's like he's been here forever. It just didn't take him very long at all to jump right in, mesh with the team, and kind of step into his leadership role. So that's something that we have learned within the caveat of, yeah, we know he's going to be the number one. We knew he was going to be the number one. But we learned that he was able to implement himself extremely quickly and get comfortable with the guys and find his spot in a really, really quick manner. And uh, he's doing it through hard work, which is great. Um, but frankly, with spring ball, there's not a lot you can do to ensure that the fall – means X. Like, obviously, these guys are working hard, but it's not the full BYU team. There are guys who are injured, who are sitting out, Max Dooley, Ben Bywater, Cody Epps, uh, Paul Miley, and so on and so forth. Yeah, you, listen, with the guys that are there, you're trying to get ready. And certainly every rep that Keaton Slovis took gets him ready for the season, which is exciting. Um, but there's not a lot that I can, like, learn out of spring ball where I go, this means BYU is 8-5. and five. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's cool. And how did Riley Nelson kind of win the team over when there was a little battle with, with Jake Keeps? It was he'd go on special teams. He he was working super hard so that the team respects that. As opposed to Keaton, very easily could have just showed up and like been like, I'm the guy. I'm like clearly the guy, and I don't need to work super hard. He's worked super hard, which is great. And we hope that it uh, means lots of touchdowns and passing yards and few interceptions coming up in the fall. This dude's going to play in his third Power 5 league. Like, this guy has been around the block, yeah. thrown for almost 10,000 yards. You know, he's, he's a good quarterback. I'm excited to see him play. The challenge for him is trying to master the playbook in a really efficient yeah. manner. Right? Yeah. That, and, that's the big challenge. Yeah, and this is, this is a fifth-year guy who has an opportunity here to uh, be the next NFL guy from BYU, which is cool. Um, you'll hear um, later in my one-on-one -on -one with Jay Hill, but I did ask him what he feels is power five ready on the defense. Here's what he said. Oh, I think there's certain individuals that are. Um, P5 ready, there's probably, you know, seven or eight of them right now that I like where they're at. Uh, we will get a couple guys back that have been great players for us in the past that will get back off of injury. I think those guys will help us be more P5 ready. Um, the scheme is P5 ready. We just got to do a good job of calling it and getting players in the right situations, but it is time tested and proven, so uh, that I like. It, I mean, it's hard to argue with Jay Hill because he's coached at the Power Five level as, or at least on the defensive side of the ball at the University of Utah. So, right. So when he says it's time tested and proven, yes, like, he he's speaking from Power Five experience. True, and it's been a minute. Uh, it's been like nine years, but um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, and I don't know if when he says seven or eight individuals, does he include the couple of guys in the seven or eight or in addition to the seven or eight? Um, I should have followed up, I suppose, on who is ready. Like, who is P5 ready? Does BYU have 11 dudes that are P5 ready? Certainly, BYU is going to add to it. And you'll, you'll hear him talk about that. He said, yeah, we're going to get a couple guys in the portal that will help us. Yeah. Which, and obviously, if you follow the news, you see, you see that there was one you know, committed from a local school here. We can't mention his name until – I don't even know how to say his last name. Uh, we'll figure <laughs> it out. But um, certainly going to help the linebackers, right? As soon as that is official, we can mention it on this BYU-led program. We, we can't. And in basketball, there was one as well. Uh, that we'll, we will talk about as soon as it is official. And that's exciting because I, I think people are going to see, hey, I can go to BYU where they play good football. My life experience and connections after football will be awesome. And then, hey, I want to play for Jay Hill and that defense. And so I'm excited about who BYU is going to add. I do think they do need, as I mentioned, wide receiver, linebacker, kicker are three positions that, that uh, intrigue me. It's no offense to the current kickers. I just, I, I'm just not sure we can go into the season going, okay, Justin Smith will make a 48-yarder if needed. Um, Justin Smith been, has been pretty money in kind of the, you know, uh, kind of 42 and in range. But like, we're gonna we're gonna be in a close game at Oklahoma State maybe on the last game of the regular season where you need to make a field goal at the end of the first half. Like, do you have confidence that, that guy's gonna nail it? Perhaps Justin Smith or other guys are the guy. But if not, get that guy. I don't care what position it is and what that player is. You need, it's about winning here, and so make sure you have the players that you need. And kicker is subtly really important. BYU had a pretty good one the last couple of years. Yeah, it's tough. Elite college kickers are very hard to yeah. find. That's why ESPN sure. as a whole always refers to them as Ugh, college kickers because most teams and programs, even at the Power 5 level, deal with this. And so, yeah, it's an important position. Maybe they have sure. them on the roster, but maybe not. BYU has already seen, as we go back to the transfer portal, and it taketh away and certainly giveth, Logan Peely and George Udo enter the portal looking for other destinations. Defensive coordinator Jay Hill says the Cougars, yes, will be active as well as they look to replace those spots. I think that there's some guys that we already have interest in that will be announcing soon what they're doing. you know, we're going to have some movement on our own team. The guys that maybe weren't coming out of spring high, as high on the depth chart as they thought they'd be, and so looking elsewhere might be what they want to do. Um, but we envision adding a few spots and a few guys that can help, you know, make our roster more Big 12 ready. Um, but, you know, that's, that's always going to be the case now with the way the transfer portal is, is there's going to be some movement you know, at the end of the season, there's going to be another movement period after spring ball. This is a critical juncture for BYU football because they're dealing with something that they've never had to handle, and that is scholarships and requirements and having to give a guy, now that you're in a Power 5 conference, the guarantee that he's going to keep his scholarship through the duration. That, that was not the case as right. an independent. Like, right. BYU could make some of their own rules. There was a lot of... You know, and that's fluidity. in men and women's basketball as well. But it was very fluid. It's different now. Like when you commit to a guy, it's longer term. It's like a five years commitment. Yes. Yeah. So this is they they've got to essentially make sure that they have everybody they want, and so there's going to be more movement. Like I hate to use the the phrase cleaning house because you know they're they're not doing that entirely, but there will be more movement this offseason going into a power five than there will be in years as we move forward. There's not going to be as much movement. Yeah. 
as there will be right now. And it's fine, because if you're not Big 12 good, should you be on the team? You know what I mean? Like, at some point, BYU will get to the point where it's like, we don't bring in a single player that we don't think can play at this level. And maybe there are guys on the roster that aren't at that level quite yet that they keep because it's the beginning and you kind of phase that out. But, yeah, and there are guys who naturally will move on because they thought they were going to get more playing time and they, they're not and they're going to leave or it's not a good fit or whatever. or For whatever reason, lots of people have different reasons to do whatever they want to do. But is there any position that you wouldn't want anything added to at this point out of the portal? I think almost every – I think quarterback, we're probably fine here. Um, Offensive but, line feels like they're okay. Yeah, but like almost every position, if you said, hey, we got so-and-so from good school, good player, potential, too deep, or starter guy, I'd be like, sweet. I'm not sure I'm going to say no to very many positions, if at all, right now. Yeah, interesting scholarship add, crunch. Add. Yeah, you got you to add, but yeah, more than ever, very carefully selecting who they want because of that five-year commitment. Yeah, it's, it's a different ball game. Our question well, of the day. you're not bringing in a freshman from the portal. You're bringing in a one- or two-year guy, probably. Our question of the day is this. What did we learn from BYU spring football? We just went through some of the nuances of Keaton Slovis, his personality, how he's been integrated, the transfer portal we've learned a little bit more about, and we've learned that more guys are coming in. At uh, TrueBlueBYU1984 on Twitter says, quarterback, Running back, offensive line, looks good. Secondary seems quite good, and the transfer portal has helped the defensive line, defensive ends, and the linebacker rooms. I wouldn't mind another running back, honestly, um, just from an experience standpoint. Like, Hinkley, Ropati, and Miles Davis have very little volume so far in their careers. L.J. Martin, up-and-comer, Aiden Robbins, proven thing as a thousand-yard guy. I wouldn't mind another proven guy in the room. See, for me, it's still the wide receiver room. For sure, like wide that, receiver. Like, yeah. depth necessary in the wide receiver room. I'm talking outside of wide receiver and linebacker. BYU needs some linebackers. And even defensive line. I, 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 I want more depth on the defensive line. You know, if they're going to go four down linemen, give me more guys that are going to be able to create some havoc up front. Yep. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Softball, huge game today. Host fifth-ranked Stanford. Yo, let's go. Miller Park, 3 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Try and catch them while they're real, and they just got swept by the Utes. So come to Provo and lose here, too. Looks beautiful outside. Gorgeous, gorgeous day. day. Up next, more insight from offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, specifically into Jaron Hall's draft prospects. Oh, BYU fans are going to like what A-Rod has to say. You'll hear it next on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We're live in Studio B on a Monday. It's tax day. Don't procrastinate. Oh, wait, too late. You haven't done it, you did. Hurry up. Uh, (laughs) You still have today, right? Until the end of the day? When when does class end at BYU? Are we... I think it's done, right? Wednesday's last day. And then, so finals this weekend? Okay, good luck to everybody. Yeah. (laughs) It's a stressful time. Oh, trunky time for sure. Especially for the seniors. Few more days. I'm trucking. I'm not more, even in few classes. Few more classes. Yeah, that was the last few uh, transfers for me on my mission. No, just kidding. Well, hey, spring ball ended Friday, as we talked about. Yep. I talked to offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick about how spring went, position groups, and Jaron Hall in the draft. All right, Aaron, spring's wrapped up. How would you summarize how it went? It went well. Um, we were pretty physical. It was a, it was a physical camp, and... Um, 
we made it out with you know minimal injuries that was a good thing and I thought we made a lot of progress our young guys are developing and coming along at the quarterback's position specifically uh, how did Keaton take to everything and did he perform up to what you were hoping yeah he's exactly what I expected um, he's accurate he's a good decision maker um, very poised good leader and um, smart guy you know he learned a lot in a short amount of time he still has a long way to go like he's, he doesn't definitely doesn't own it yet the way we want our starting quarterbacks to to take ownership of it but he's on he's on track and uh, very pleased with what he's done so far how do you balance sort of who and what he is a quarterback versus who and what you want the quarterback to be at BYU which is really focused around efficiency taking care of the ball yeah I mean the main thing for us is just we, we want to throw the ball down the field that's that's who we are um, and so you know you need first of all you need a guy that can do that you need the accuracy and arm strength and be able to get the ball down the field and then you know the different uh, skill sets that each guy has you can kind of work with those and adapt your offense a little bit to fit but uh, he has actually has a lot more in common with the guys we've had than I expected he's a, he's a better athlete I think than what people have seen just because of the the offenses he played in didn't ask him to do some of the things that we're going to ask him to do and I've been pleasantly surprised this spring at his ability to make plays with his feet to throw on the run uh, even to run the ball a little bit once in a while he's he's a good athlete and uh, and it's fun he embraces it he's excited about doing something different at the uh, I, I assume he's the starting quarterback coming out of spring Keaton yeah um, he will be our starting quarterback out of, coming out of spring um, I expect him to continue to be our starting quarterback I mean that, that's that's we're, we're making that clear today he is our starter and um, as long as he keeps doing his job in fall camp I expect him to start that first game and have a great season was there a um, distinction between Cade Fennigan or Jake Retzloff at number two that's a good battle going on there you know uh, Jake was late to camp with sickness and some you know some complications from a tonsil surgery that was in, in a deviated septum it was uh wasn't supposed to be a big deal and then he, there were some complications there that kept him out for a while so he got behind and then he came on really strong and then Cade's been battling some sickness the last couple uh, last week or so and so he missed a little bit of time and so um, both of them did a lot of good things both are good players and we'll continue that battle into fall camp uh, and then behind them anyone kind of separate as a, a kind of the fourth guy Ryder Burton and Nick Billups and others um, I thought Nick did a really nice job this spring, and so did Ryder. Um, if we had a game today, Nick's probably a little more ready, but um, Ryder is a talented thrower, and he's young. I mean, Ryder, most quarterbacks nowadays are, like, held back. You know, they're a year older than their grade, and Ryder's actually a year younger than his grade. He, he, mm. he, he could still be in high school for another year age-wise. So he's so, like a junior in high school. Yeah, he's gotcha. a really young kid. Wow. He's like a junior in high school who's already in college. Mm. And so um, his best days are definitely ahead of him. He's he's really talented thrower, and um, he's getting better every day. At running back, how would you evaluate how things went? Because Aiden Robbins kind of sat out quite a bit with the wrist, and then L.J. Martin will get here in the fall. Aiden was out, but he was. I mean, he pra well, he practiced every day. He just didn't play in the 11 on 11 yeah. stuff. So I feel really good about him, and he knows what we're doing. I've seen him do most of what we're going to need to see him do in the fall either in our practices or I've seen it on film before when he rushed for a thousand yards last year. Um, so Aiden, I have a lot of confidence he's going to be a good player for us. And then, you know, I thought Falau was solid this spring, did a good job. And um, 
you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what LJ brings. And you know, we have these other young guys that are battling for a chance to play too. Falau meaning Hinkley? Oh, yeah, Hinkley. Yeah. Falau's his middle name, and yeah. that's what everybody calls him. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I guess fans might as well get used yeah. to it. He's Falau, so yeah. And Miles Davis in the mix as well? Yeah, Miles is in the mix. He's missed a little bit of practice time, been yeah. battling an ankle sprain, but um, Miles, uh, Miles is in the mix as well. Gotcha. Is there a need to get a receiver or two in the portal? Uh, yes, but I want to make sure everyone understands it's not because we aren't happy with who we have. Mm -hmm. We just – our numbers are down right now. We don't have as many – receivers in the in the room as we have we actually have three maybe four scholarships available there that we haven't used yet oh well yeah so um, you know I don't know I don't think we'll use all, all of them but we'll probably use a couple of them just to bolster that room with depth um, you just look at our last couple seasons I mean Gunnar Romney missed the whole season pretty much last year with injuries Puka missed several games uh, Chase Roberts missed a couple games Cody missed half the season you, you need depth to get through the season, and it's going to be even more uh, challenging with how physical the Big 12 is going to be. So, again, it's, it's not that we aren't happy with the guys we have. We just don't have enough. So we need to go find a couple, yeah. You've been outspoken about the offensive line being uh, long and experienced and physical. Um, what did you see this spring that makes you continually excited about that group that was pretty good last year, and despite losing several big names, you're still excited about it? Yeah, I thought our old line was great last year, and now um, – they played very well. We, I, I still feel the same way about our, the ability in our group. The, the length and the athleticism is definitely there. It's a work in progress right now trying to figure out who's going to play where and what that starting five is going to look like and then what the backups are going to look like. Um, so some days didn't always look great because we had a lot of moving parts and guys were playing different positions each day and one day you're playing right guard and the next day you're playing center and one, one day somebody's playing guard and the next day he's playing tackle and we were moving people around and so it didn't always lead to the best chemistry but I think when we get into fall camp it's going to pay off and I have a lot of faith in that group and Coach Funk is an awesome coach and uh, I'm really excited to see how those guys play. Any dudes that sort of established they're the guy at that position, like Kingsley at left tackle or Connor at center and Braden at right tackle kind of thing? Obviously, Kingsley's going to start at left tackle. And then, I mean, I'd be shocked if Connor Pay is not one of our starters. I'd be shocked if Paul Miley is not one of our starters. I mean, we, uh, I'm probably forgetting some guys. We there's, I don't want to leave somebody out, but there's some good players there. Um, you know, Braden Kimes, a guy that started games for us before. He, he should be in that mix if he takes care of business and does what he's supposed to do, which I think he will. Um, there's a lot of good players there, and it's going to be competitive. Next week's the, the NFL draft. Uh, we fully hope and expect another BYU quarterback to be taken, which is exciting. What are you hoping for in terms of fit with Jaron Hall and his skill set? I'd just like to see him go to a good organization, um, you know, where, you know, where he can – just have a chance to have success if he gets if he has if he gets to play. Whether he goes there as a backup and you know gets his opportunity to play as a backup at some point, or or uh, I don't I don't know if any teams are considering him as a starter, but I hope he gets in a good organization with a good team around him, and you know because that's everything. <laughs> you doesn't you know it's it's hard to succeed at the quarterback position if you don't have a good team around you and a good you know good situation. And I think if he gets that. I think he'll thrive. And I think that's why you sometimes see in the league quarterbacks who struggle and then all of a sudden year five, year six, 
they figure it out. And maybe they're on a new team now in a new situation, and all of a sudden they figured out, well, they didn't just all of a sudden get good. You know, they, they slowly got better little by little, and then all of a sudden they're on the right situation with the right team, and they look like a different guy. And I think uh, that's what I hope for Jaron. I hope he gets in a good situation. And that's why I'm still hopeful, hopeful for Zach as well. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think at some point Zach's going to be in the game with a good situation around him, and he's going to figure it out. Whether that's with the Jets or elsewhere, yeah, yeah. Uh, regarding Jaron, the Colts working out Jaron is, is really interesting to me. Given that they have the number one pick and are probably going to take C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, you'd think. Um, we've seen a team draft two quarterbacks who are rookies before, but it almost feels like, wait, the ideal situation if he's not a starter at the beginning would be being behind a backup, but it, with the Colts, you'd be behind a rookie. What did, what did you think of the, kind of the Colts working him out? Yeah, it's interesting. and. Um, there's teams that people aren't talking about too that I've talked to two or three times, you know. So um, I think um, you know we've talked to almost every team in the league about him. Uh, talked to one team yesterday that I didn't even know liked him as much as they do, you know. And they're super excited about him and uh, said, you know, it sounded like he ranks pretty high on their board. And um, so yeah, it's going to be fun to see where he ends up. And you fully expect him to be drafted based on that interest? He's going to get drafted, yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. What does it mean to you, once he's drafted, to have back-to-back guys drafted? I think that's a big deal for the program. Yeah, we're trying to make that be a regular thing here. You know, I, I'm excited about it and um, proud of those guys, what they've done on the field. And I'm um, hoping that if Keaton takes care of business, he'll be the next one. And then that, we, what we'd like to do is just have a string of guys where that just that's what we do, you know, and um, that's – hopefully going to become a selling point about playing quarterback at BYU again. And left tackle, I think, too, right? (laughs) Yeah, O-line in general. I think think we had a chance to put a few more of those guys in the NFL here soon. Yeah. Okay, Aaron, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, good to talk to you. The OG A-Rod, Aaron Roderick, offensive coordinator for BYU football, and not surprisingly, his remarks glowing about Jaron Hall. Is there a chance that Jaron – might might actually sneak into the second day of the draft. Maybe third round, fourth, fifth. Who knows? It just takes one team to like you. But yeah, like I don't understand why the Colts worked out Jaron if they're going to take a quarterback at number one. I don't like that. In fact, if they're going to take quarterback at one, I don't want Jaron Hall to be the backup. Right? Um, we'd like him to have the experiences Zach Wilson did not, which is behind a veteran. You get to know the offense maybe in a year or two you get a shot there and you go from there but yeah let's see what happens man because BYU's been really good offensively since A-Rod took over against Boise State in 2019 there's not a bigger fan of A-Rod than than me well ever since I saw Kevin Costner in draft day which is clearly reality of how the NFL draft works maybe the Colts are working some huge deal where they bring in a blockbuster quarterback trade away the number one pick and then draft Jaron Halls as backup who are they bringing in (laughs) Baseball host rival Utah tomorrow, 8 Eastern time. You can watch on the BYU TV app, listen on the BYU radio The culture drafting a quarterback at number one. <laughs> and his name is CJ Stroud. Still on the way. Which BYU team is majorly overachieving right now and why they're probably not done? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. Let's whip it.
Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Men's Hoops will host Morgan State, according to John Rothstein in non-conference play. Is this the type of game you're wanting to see? Wait, the Beavers? Is that oh, what they you are? meant Morgan State, not Oregon State. Morrigan <laughs> State. <laughs> yes, Morgan State. When I first heard it on the phone this morning, I was like, Oregon State? No, no, it's, no, no, no more Power Fives. But it's Morgan, Morgan State. State. Yes, I believe that the Bears, right? Is that, is that right? Are you? Do you know this? And you're asking me, no, or are you wondering? I, I, okay. yeah, I think I'm the right. Bears. Because it's Murray State yeah, Racers the and Bears. the Morgan State Bears. I believe it's the Bears. Okay. Yeah. This is exactly the type of game that I want to see on BYU's non-conference schedule. More Morgan States, please. Yeah, Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I would love uh, for BYU to just mail it the heck in in eight of the 11 non-conference games. I want one MTE, which sounds like it's the Wooden Legacy in Vegas. You got at least Arizona State. Hopefully two other kind of quad one, quad two type games. But, yes. Uh, it's going to be too tough in Big 12 play. You need to get at least 10 wins in non-conference play to feel like you have a shot as at an at-large. 10 and 3, 11 and 2 with a light non-conference schedule. Just fine. Just fine. That'd be neato. Sixth ranked BYU men's volleyball secures the number two seed in the MPSF tournament after going undefeated at home this season, most recently taking two from Stanford. Remember when the Cougars were picked to finish sixth in the Federation? And, un ah! and unranked to start the year. Has BYU volleyball already overachieved this season, regardless of what happens next? One million percent. I believe BYU will be fifth in the ABCA poll today. Uh, I believe that BYU will get to the MPSF title game coming up on Saturday against UCLA at Stanford. They'll probably have to go through Stanford again on their home court. So that Ooh. will be a tough Ooh. match in the semis should BYU get through Concordia. BYU okay. beat Concordia twice in three and five. This team is unbelievable. They don't have a single All-American in any form on the team. They won't have an MPSF first team all-conference guy. They've done a great job of being a team, truly a team, going 14-0 and at home. My one concern, though, is that 14 of the 18 wins have come at home. BYU's got to go on the road and win. Granted, Heath Hughes was hurt for several of those yeah. important road matches. At Grand Canyon. Heath Hughes has made a big, uh, big time addition to this team. He is 14 and two as a starter this year. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And BYU beat Irvine on the road, which is, you know, like, didn't they have Heath when they beat Irvine too? Yes, got swept by three and then won an extras in five. So like, you barely win the one you won, which was great. But it was early. And, but it was early and it was Irvine. So that's awesome. Sure, yep. sure. Yep. Uh, I'm with you. Yes, this team has absolutely overachieved. Mm -hmm. You go from unranked to probably number five in the poll today. Could be. You're picked to finish sixth in the Federation. You finish second. They're going to be Concordia, and they're not going to have to face Grand Canyon. I kind of wanted them to have a shot at Grand Canyon in the semifinals. I do, because the at-large combo. Now, yeah, BYU got too good. <laughs> but if you, get to the finals, to if you get to the finals and lose UCLA, BYU's got a legitimate resume to maybe get an at-large spot in the tournament. And Irvine lost twice to Long Beach State over the weekend. It's amazing. Irvine needs to stink in the Big West tournament. That's the key, because Long Beach State's getting an at-large. All right. Should Hawaii win that league. BYU softball host fifth-ranked Stanford today, 3 Eastern and Miller Park on the BYU TV app. Can the Cougars get the upset? Yes. Stanford's kind of reeling right now. They had two leads against Utah over the weekend late into the seventh inning and blew both. Mm. They were low-scoring games. Yeah, Stanford, Stanford's in kind of a weird mental place right now. Uh, they I mean, they play on Sundays in the Pac-12, so, like, they got swept. It was finalized yesterday. Now they got to roll into Pro Bowl against a BYU team that's – they beat LMU, and they're looking – BYU's desperate for a resume win. Because if BYU doesn't win the conference, they need a win over Stanford. They just lost the They might need to beat series. UCLA, if you, and, you know, who's coming to Miller Park later in the season, to try and bolster their at-large resume. Yep. So BYU's desperate. Stanford's reeling a little bit. 
I kind of like this scenario for the Cougars. You already beat Stanford last year. They can do it again. On the road, no less. Yeah, they can do it again. They can do it again. Mm -hmm. BYU Rugby, another team that's overachieving. They're doing they, great. They earn a trip to the national semifinals after beating third-ranked Central Washington, dominant fashion, 62-31. The Cougars will face Cal this week for the right to play in the national championship. Last week, we said making the semifinals would be clearly sufficient. But have our expectations shifted now? No, because if you beat Cal on the road, I mean, that's an amazing win. And hopefully the boys do. Um, Cal came to Provo a couple weeks ago, you lost 50 to 14. Yep. They set kind of a mixed squad. It wasn't like the full A squad, uh, but BYU didn't care. They pounded them anyway. So this is the old rivalry. And this is a game that BYU lost in 05, 6, 7, 8 for the national championship. Yeah. And the nine finally got over the hump. I sobbed like a baby. <laughs> on the field after they did. Like With your roommates. The emotion of that. Yeah, and, and my old roommate's head coach, Steve St. Pierre, he's done a great job. Derek Smith as well, one of the assistant coaches, former roommate as well. They've done a great job with this. They can't recruit. They can't recruit. They have to pick from the kids who are in school. Before they were pulling in kids from uh, the Whippies from Fiji and Paula, you know, Paula Sique from New Zealand. And different so era. And Sean Davies from South Africa. Yeah. Different era. They've done great. Yeah, this, this is awesome that they're yep. doing this without being able to recruit. College football community has put out a question, Jerem. If you could build a statue outside your stadium, who would it be? So taking Lavelle Edwards out of it, uh -oh. which BYU player deserves a statue outside LES the most? Probably the Heisman winner, tight yes, yes. But I would love, I, I don't know why we don't. I, is it like a false idol thing? I don't know what the policy Maybe? is. I would love just a ton of the quarterback factory to be out there. I think, and you could just do major award winners. Yeah, yeah, you could yeah. do, um, you know, the Outlands, Mo Elowinibi and Jason Buck and Luke, Luke Staley. Staley, and then do the quarterbacks that won. So okay. you'd have Gary Shidey with Sammy Baugh, and obviously like, uh, you know, Mark Wilson and Steve Young and yeah. uh, Jim McMahon and Robbie Bosco and Ty Detmer, and you'd even have Sark in there. You know, you could have a really fun display that people could take pictures of. Yeah, I, we're I, not I like mean, ancient Israel here, right? Like we're good on the false we're idol. Not, we're thing. not worshiping it. Yeah, it's just it's just to honor. Yeah, know, not, honor and worship but, are two but different things. Why aren't there more than? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I'm with you. I default to the Heisman Trophy winner. It's the most prestigious award in college football. Like Ty Detmer was a revolutionizing figure yep. for BYU. Yeah, he's the greatest. Like he had like a thousand yards for every foot of height he had. <laughs> he threw for fifteen thousand yards it's in amazing. his career. It's amazing. It's just absurd that at that junior time, year especially. Specifically. Yeah. Wow, like five thousand plus. Yes. Amazing. Up next, Jerem goes one-on-one -on -one with BYU defensive coordinator Jay Hill at the close of spring ball. What's Power 5 ready right now for BYU, and what has to change to get P5 ready? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B on a fantastic Monday. Well, Jay Hale's the defensive coordinator for spring ball with the Cougars. A lot of work to do with the defense that struggled last year. I talked with Jay after spring ball on Friday as it finished about how spring ball went, what's Power 5 ready right now, and how aggressive they'll be in the transfer portal. Here's our conversation. All right, Jay, uh, spring ball has ended. Uh, how would you summarize uh, how it went? Well, I thought it was good. I thought the players handled the new scheme very well. Uh, I thought depth chart solidified itself a lot. We still got a long ways to go with certain groups in that aspect, but I thought the players did a good job of just 
trying to do things the way we were asking them to do it. And, and we have really smart kids that did a good job of trying to learn it. What are you most pleased with in that learning, given that it's spring ball and, and fall, certainly there'll be some other guys that are here and in the mix? Well, probably the linebacker group, just because it was a bunch of young freshmen that really hadn't played that much, um, that really stepped in and, and did a great job. And this defense is very complicated. I thought they did a good job of picking it up. Uh, same with the safeties. I thought those guys did a good job with the learning aspect of it. And then up front, you know, I thought Coach Puha and Coach Papinga did a great job with their guys. I think our techniques improved, and I think uh, some guys really stepped forward and proved that we can win with those guys in the Big 12. Were there some young guys that uh, showed you something this spring? Yeah, one that comes to mind, Ace Kafusi, I thought did a lot of great things. Um, young guys. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It's probably unfair to single out any of them, but there's a lot of guys that showed that we can win with them. A lot of guys showed that we have a long ways to go with them still. So I think that's typical of spring ball, that things were solidified and we still have other areas where we got to continue to get better and have 25 practices in the fall to get that done. How much movement do you expect uh, in terms of certain guys choosing to go elsewhere or coming to BYU from the portal? Well, we think there's going to be movement for sure just because, you know, there's going to be a lot of players that – uh, maybe aren't getting quite as many reps as they wanted to, and so and they're you know older, more veteran players that need to move on. And then there's going to be others that are going to want to join BYU and everything that we're trying to get rolling down here in Provo. So I, I think that that's a typical thing that's going to occur for sure this spring where there needs to be some roster adjustments, and it's going to happen on, on both ends. And to that end, you're entering a Power 5 conference. Certainly the standard is is higher. What kind of maybe uncomfortable conversations do you have to have with some players given that you want to have a certain kind of roster? Well, unfortunately, that's part of the job, and we none of us like it. The players don't like it. The coaches don't like it. But what we try to do is always be upfront, honest with the players, let them know exactly where they stand. And if they stick around here at BYU, here's – what they're up against and if they go elsewhere then you know here's what they can expect and the the biggest thing we want is we want the players to know we love them we respect them um but we want what's best for them too and if they can go somewhere else and play a little bit more then maybe that's what's best or if they can stick around and you know stay the course then great things could happen for them here it's just it's an honest conversation that needs to happen and on the other side of that, certainly being on the recruiting trail, what kind of interest are you seeing and sensing from uh, potential incoming transfers? Well, we're in on a lot of great players right now. Obviously, we can't mention who they are and stuff, but I think the reception of the Big 12 is huge for us, and the players know moving into the Big 12 is big. Our fan base going into the Big 12, coupled with our fans, and everything BYU can offer I think has been huge. And We look forward to seeing how that really affects the signing classes coming in the next couple of years. What do you feel like is P5 ready about the defense right now? Oh, I think there's certain individuals that are. Um, P5 ready, there's probably, you know, seven or eight of them right now that I like where they're at. Uh, we will get a couple guys back that have been great players for us in the past that will get back off of injury. I think those guys will help us be more P5 ready. Um, the scheme is P5 ready. We just got to do a good job of calling it and getting players in the right situations, but it is time tested and proven. So uh, that I like. Um, yeah, probably that. The coordinators P5 ready? No, uh, <laughs> not ready. So I don't know that you ever are. About time you're a coordinator and you think you're ready, you're going to get 
um, you're going to have a rude awakening. I don't care if you've done it for 15 years. About the time you think you've arrived, that's when you get humbled. So we're always looking for ways to get better, myself included. Uh, we're always looking for other things to tweak and to to add to the scheme that makes us better. But um, again, I'm excited to see how this defense does and 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 how it is in the Big 12. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think we all are. Uh, what do the next couple of weeks look like for you and the staff? So next week we're right out on the road recruiting. Um, that's a critical deal is to get in front of some of our top recruits right away. And then after that, we'll come back in for a couple days, make sure we wrap up spring ball, all the evaluations from spring with the players, the scheme, uh, things that we want to adjust in the scheme kind of put spring ball to bed, and then we'll be right back out on the road recruiting for the following weeks after that. So uh, a lot of recruiting the next month and then wrapping up what we just did in spring ball. Last week was spring break. Uh, did you get a chance to relax a little bit? Yeah, I think my daughter Elena, I posted the one during uh, the Christmas break or somewhere where I was working the whole time. <laughs> so bottom line, we take vacations, but it seems like I'm always doing something with football. But we find ways to get in the you know, get get a little relaxation and time with the family. So, is that the one at Disneyland where you were on the phone the whole time? <laughs> well, that's what that, the, she at least made it look like that. I don't think it was really <laughs> that way, but um, yeah. So last week we went to Arizona, hung out in the sun for a couple of days. Awesome. Yeah. Are you still commuting from Ogden? I am. Isn't that, mis that? <laughs> miserable? But <laughs> the worst part is you never know how long it's going to take. Some days it takes an hour and 10 minutes to get here and other days if you catch the snow or traffic or an accident on the freeway could take two or three hours it's just it's brutal yeah. it just you never know how long it's going to take so i have to leave in the morning assuming i'm going to hit snow or traffic or something and you know get here way early so you miss that stuff we need you on front runner then you're just working the phone right <laughs> i know huh <laughs> yeah i don't think i could handle front runner though <laughs> okay jay we appreciate the time I appreciate you guys jay you can handle front runner he can handle your, pretty your much boy, everything. Your boy's on front runner of the Jazz game. But frankly, he's he, yeah, he can drive. We just got to get him down here, so he doesn't have to worry about the long drive. Yeah. Isn't there a real estate agent somewhere that can help out Jay Hill, help oh, no. a brother out? They're looking. They just haven't found one they love. <laughs> Play it. Yeah, that's what he told me. Okay, if you miss any of the interview shows, games, Deep Blues, uh, you can check them out on BYUSN.com. Download the free BYU TV app to get all the BYU sports content your heart could desire. Up next, a rise and shout out to a member of our BYU Broadcasting family. It's one of our team guys doing work in Beantown. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and subscribe, uh, review, and uh, rate the podcast. Our question of the day, what did we learn from BYU Spring Football version 2023? Ben Peterson on Twitter says, seems like there is a new energy for the defense. I would hope yes, so. Yes, there absolutely is. If there is. isn't, I got an issue. And it is infecting, in the most glorious way, the whole team. Hopefully they can keep that up throughout the season. Oh, when you get a new coordinator and a new defensive staff, yeah, there are some natural things that happen there. And if they don't, you better be concerned. Uh, but no concern here. All right. The Croxall on Twitter says, learned nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, how I feel. To some we degree. won't know anything until after the good. first game. And even then, yeah. 
It might take until BYU plays Arkansas to see how this team compares no, to last no, year. No, it'll take six games. <laughs> like, Robert and I um, was a funny dude that we disagreed with on a few things, but he was right in saying it takes half a season to really know what you have. I agree. Yeah, at least four games, right? Like, I tend to think like you have to get at least a third with like way through the season before you're like one okay, Big Twelve game ain't gonna tell us a ton. We need to get three games into Big well, Twelve. Well, I'm saying two Power Fives. Like Arkansas and Kansas should tell us a little bit about BYU. A little bit. Sure, right? a little, but like we'll get a real good sense halfway through. Yeah. What's the difference between the what makes it the fifth and sixth game so so uh, you know tipping? I wonder. All of them are with like you know eight percent of the season, dude. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated from at Set Bobo on Instagram saying that it's fun to be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and football season can't come soon enough. Yeah, it's in how many days? I have no idea. I have no I, idea. I, I, September no. 2nd. No, I'm not going to try and do that math. One million days. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that math. Like, we're at least 140-ish days Listen, away. this week is volleyball and rugby week, okay? Postseason. I was just told 138. I said 148. I was off, okay? Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about to all of our BYU runners at the Boston Marathon? Yeah, baby. Three of the top 11 American finishers. You just researched that, Jerem. Mm-hmm. Connor Mance finished third among all Americans. Nico Montanez, fifth among the Americans. And Connor Weaver, 11th. All in the top 25 the top overall. That's amazing. How about that? That's amazing. And then Jackson Ring, one of our own. He's uh, on our uh, sports marketing team, running uh, social media, helping out there. He uh, finished the second Boston Marathon today, finished in 245.05 just like five minutes ago. 245.05 is 6.18 average. He was in 1,072nd place. Very nice. Isn't that about what you finished in the uh, state championship cross-country race? 55th in 5A, my man. 55th. (laughs) I didn't even go to practice. Our thanks to today's guests, the BYU football coordinators, Aaron Roderick and Jay Hill. Sorry to Dennis, ran out of time. You couldn't have taken 55th, Dennis. (laughs) For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Shea Martinez-Collinsworth. We'll see you in two hours for BYU softball live on the app as the Cougars host number five Stanford. Go Cougs!